Welcome to episode 16 of the Temperamental Gooners podcast. I'm here with Omari and Kibbs. Uh, we are reviewing uh, the Liverpool game. Um, not a good weekend in the Arsenal world. Not a good weekend in the Arsenal world. Uh, first impressions, boys, before we go into the lineup. How would you sum, in, in three words, how do you sum up your mood given this past game? Let's go with you first, Omari. Three words. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give you one. I'm deflated. It, it, no, I just had no, no energy, no enthusiasm afterwards. You know, this classic Arsenal, it's all international break. You're looking forward to the return of the Premier League. Not only that, then you have to wait until 8pm on the Saturday to watch us play. And then we were just trash. So, yeah, deflated. That's all I had. Kibbs, one word or three words? Used to it. <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one that's a good one um, the thing is Omari when you say that right? actually I'm quite relieved that it was on a Saturday because then you didn't have to go through the pain of waiting the whole of Saturday going oh okay look Chelsea have mucked up you know the other results that went in and then you waiting up until like you know the next day to watch Arsenal then crumble or whatever so I suppose that for me my Sunday wasn't ruined, I, I suppose, is what I'm, I'm getting at, right? It was all out by the end of the result on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, as, as Kib says, we're, we're getting too used to this kind of thing. So let's just go straight into the team lineup and then we can uh, talk about, well, we could talk about that and then we'll go into the match, I suppose. So uh, let's look into the lineup. So we started with in goal Leno, uh, Bert Leno. But Leno, okay, so Leno in goal, Rob Holding, uh, Gabriel in defence, David Luiz was injured, uh, Kieran Tierney started off left back, Callum Chambers, second Premier League start in a row, Nicolas Pepe, Martin Odegaard, Pierre Emerick, Aubameyang, Thomas Partey, Ceballos, and Alexandra Lacazette. That was a starting lineup. Um, gentlemen, first things first, um, let's look at the defence. So we had. Um, a partnership of Holding and Gabriel, who, to be fair, in the first sort of like the first bit of the season, they were the, the main partnership, kind of, and they were doing well. Um, kind of, when I say well, that's relatively well. Um, how how are you feeling when the match started with these two in defence? Uh, Kibbs, starting with you. Uh, you know what? I, I, I get what you're saying. They they were okay, right? When they were yeah. playing, we were in that run. They were, as you said, the main partnership. Um, so I felt okay because Cedric wasn't on the pitch. Because I know when holding Gabriel and Cedric are all playing together, then we, we we tend to have problems. So at first I was like, okay, what what can you do? Louise is out. It's almost if you know we experiment, and then and then you is if Pablo Mara is available, we're playing with two left, two sided left centre backs. Um, yeah, we're kind of out of options unless you put Chambers, you tuck Chambers in, which is also another option. But he's playing so well um, at right back. I kind of understand why he, he started there. So I, I I kind of expected it. wasn't surprised. Limited Mark? options. Mark? Uh I think you hit the nail on the head when you said they were our main partnership in the first part of the season. And if we cast our minds back to the first part of the season... We were terrible. <laughs> we were terrible. Um, and 
Holding has done well next to Mari. Gabrielle's done okay next to Louise. Uh, they look... I mean, to be fair to Gabrielle, let's not... I'm not going to rewrite history and say that I was worried before the game about him. I was... Like, Gabrielle was always going to start. Uh, like Kib said, we don't have many other options if Louise isn't fit. Um, I think... I thought Arteta had kind of moved past holding. It seemed like he'd made one too many mistakes and therefore that was almost it for him. Um, but I suppose he didn't feel confident enough in Chambers is playing as a centre-back to put him in there and bring Bayern or Cedric in at right-back. So, yeah, I, I understand why that happened. Um, I think my problems were a bit further up the pitch. Yeah, let, let's take it. Let's take it back. Uh, let's take it further up the pitch uh, for the most part. So, uh, we had um, we had Odegaard, uh, we had Odegaard, Partey, Ceballos, uh, Aubameyang, and uh, Aubameyang and Pepe essentially as our midfield slash attacking uh, attacking midfielders. Um, Ceballos coming back in. Danny Ceballos has not been in good form for a very very long time. I don't think he's actually contributed anything this season. I mean, there was the time in the Crystal Palace game that I was raving about, you know, some of his first-time passes or or whatnot, or maybe even with the West Brom game. You know, I, I like Ceballos's attitude, but his application has been pretty, pretty terrible this season. So um, him coming into midfield, that didn't fill me much with confidence. Uh, what were you guys thinking with the partnership of him and Partey? Again, if... Again, if you know, we 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 also all Tesla talk about game plan. He's talking about game plan and maybe okay, to sidetrack, Partey is definitely not a number six, right? That's what I'm starting to realise. Definitely not a number six. He's, he's something else. You can't I I think it's Shabazz, maybe that person get handle of the ball maybe and, and retain possession, um, pick up the ball and get us a bit higher up the pitch. But he obviously that's something that party could do, and then perhaps El Nene would have been a better option if he's just, just going to sit there and provide just a bit more there. defensive uh, cover. But again, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, I can never be surprised because Shabazz has played, you know, a number of games where he's come off a shocker. You know, so he, he relies on this guy. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't say I'm surprised. And uh, I, yeah, you can maybe talk about the next one. Uh, kind of all Bamyang, but Shabazz, he let us down again. But I can't say I'm surprised with him being included in the starting eleven against Liverpool. He, he he was asking to do something which, you know, he got totally overrun. I know they weren't receiving the ball, but that midfield got were on toast. We we Damn couldn't it. keep we couldn't keep just I'm I'm leading it to you, Omari. We couldn't keep the ball. Like, you know, Leno kept on hitting it long, uh we were noticing I don't think Arsenal were confident enough to play out of the back and try and play through Liverpool's midfield, which, you know, to be sometimes, you know, like we, we want them to, to, you know, to mix it up a bit. Right. And, you know, maybe that is a good tactic for us to just try and hit the ball over their midfield and evade the press or whatnot. But it's just the, the players that were there, they weren't able to retain the ball whatsoever. As soon as it came anywhere near them, they lost it. Uh, yeah, so I suppose Ceballos was in there for the fact that uh, Arteta thought he'd helped us to retain the ball if we were moving it through the thirds, and then we just didn't move it through the thirds. So 
it doesn't make any sense for me if you if you want to have a midfielder in the net that's got legs essentially because you you need someone to just be covering um and and, and like pressing and and putting i think tiago under pressure on the ball uh danny Tobias isn't going to do that um so it was a mistake to play him given the way that we decided to play i thought it made sense if we were trying to keep the ball um you know be a bit braver on the ball um, but then when the game started, we didn't just mix it up. We just completely abandoned playing out from the back and kept trying to hit Pepe and Chambers on the right wing um, from Leno uh, direct, which, uh, you know, okay, can kind of make sense. They're both fairly good in the air, but there were no runners off them. So even on the odd charts that they did win the ball, no yeah, one was yeah. ever there to collect the ball. And and if that's a tactic, that's kind of like a lost. Yeah. If I'm looking at a games game scenario, that's kind of like a lost ditch attempt to get something from a game, not something you're turning to. That's some nineteen nineties football, man. Whoa, 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 whoa! Chambers whoa. was not winning any headers either. Whoa. If anything, it was perfect. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I should have said nineteen eighties, but I, I wanted to hurt you. Well, okay, all right, okay. I'm hurt. Least, and I just wanted to least, hurt someone else. At least you're admitting it. At least you're admitting it. At least you're admitting it. Okay. At least you admit it. Yeah, uh, Thomas Partey. Um, I still have faith in this player. I think that this season is a bit of a write-off in the sense that uh, he's not had a consistent uh, midfield partner. He's had his injuries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and maybe we're expecting so much from him, but it was not a good showcase for him this game. Um, it's a very long way away from his Man U performance and then I think, uh, well he said it himself, his Wolves performance um, those are the two sort of like best performances he's had in an Arsenal shirt. This was a very, very long way off. He, he, yeah. Go, uh, Mario, you go first. I, I'm a bit conflicted with Partey because I still think he was the only player that was close to executing whatever they were meant to be doing in terms of Game the ball um, and then distributing it out to Aubameyang. But what I was most disappointed about was not just for him, but everyone on the team, but th those five-yard passes in the first half, the amount of times that we did get the ball, you know, bet between our final third, our defensive third and the middle third of the pitch. And then we couldn't just find our teammate. With a, with a little pass and he was also culpable in that and I just think it's difficult when the whole team is kind of uh, not one area of the team was functioning um, to expect anything I suppose but then again that's what you want your big players to do right you know he's meant to be a, he's meant to be a big player on our team like solve the problem somehow but at the same time what can you do there's 10 other guys on the pitch and they're not bringing anything either so um, yeah it's difficult uh, yeah, as Amar is saying, it, it's hard to see because we set up to be compact, so you're expecting us to make those uh, easier passes, which is something we weren't able to do. We're just off. We've seen it before with Arsenal, but with Party, I think we're still learning about what type of player he is. Um, it's very clear to see that, yeah, he's very reliant on his central midfield partner, so that's why Xhaka, um, it, it seems to work okay, I guess. Can I, ask you, can I ask you a question, Kibbs, quickly? Do you think, uh, by what you're saying in terms of his central midfield partner, do you think that he needs an, 
an orthodox sitter. Yes. Out and out defensive midfielder, so that uh, Partey can be the one. Yes. That yes. So okay. I th- I thought first when we had Shaka and uh, Partey together, it's a double pivot almost, but that's not actually the case. Seeing how Partey plays, um, strange am- amalgamation of of like the two of maybe like a Partey being like a, an eight six somewhere in between where he can advance up the field a bit more. Um, but I, I just feel. With with Xhaka, he kind of draws a few players in, so Party can pick up the ball in, in difficult spaces and, and and then run with it. Um, he also just tidies things up. Party can't. So we were almost asking too much of him yesterday because Shabazz was doing absolutely nothing. Can't expect him to cover ground, make the correct passes, be be a combination of everything. Right, a, a complete midfielder. I'm not too. We haven't seen enough for us to make an observation to say he, he's not that. But so far, um, there's just, whether it's about fitness, there's just glaring things there that he needs, uh, uh, he needs someone with him, basically someone who's going to sit and then just take that pressure off him a bit. Uh, um, Omari, final, not, not kind of final words, but anything to add to that? Because there's still so much to talk about in this game. Anything to add to that? On, on, on just briefly, Partey? just briefly on Partey. I mean, we've spoken about, um, you know, there's been a bit of chat in, terms, in the Arsenal world about Partey playing as a six with two more attacking eights in front of him. That can't run. That can never run. Because, I mean, I've seen the comparison there is between Fernandinho and Fabinho. And I watched them both on Saturday. Obviously, Fabinho against us and Fernandinho against Leicester. Worlds apart, man. Worlds apart. Those guys, they don't mess about. You don't, you can't get past them. It's genuinely, when they're on form, they win the ball and they play the correct pass every single time. But, but, and, 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 yeah. and, like, nothing against Partey, whether he's of that level or not, like, that's just not his game, man. And do, do you know what it is? At, at, at Atletico, right, that's what they're asking him to do. And, I, and I, I believe he's done an adequate, good job of doing that. But it seems at Arsenal, we kind of said, no, we're asking you to do something else. So... I wonder, can can he do it, or or are we asked are we asking him to do something completely different now? So it seems if uh, the the search for a defensive midfielder goes on since Joe Beto Silva <laughs> slash Patrick Vieira, um, yeah. uh, we're still we're still searching. Um, let's look at the the trio behind the the forward. So Aubameyang, Odegaard, and Aubameyang, Odegaard, and Pepe. I think Odegaard. I, I don't really see. Anything he didn't do anything terrible. He tried to. He just couldn't get himself in the game. I think we're more disappointed with our two wingers in commas in Nicolas Pepe and um, the captain Aubameyang. Uh, shall we? Let, let's start with Pepe first. He had a, a, sh- a shot. By that we mean the header just before half time, as you said, Amari. Before the before we started. Apart from that, not much really, not much. But you know, he's one of these players who he needs to be played when he's there's full confidence in him and when he's in good form. If it's a bit stop start, it's hard for Pepe to find his form again. So I'm personally starting to, I you know, I've been a real supporter of him. I've been really saying, you know, why don't we even try him as the top striker or even, you know, try and or play him in the position where Odegaard was until we got Odegaard. Um, I've really backed Pepe, but it, it, I'm just starting to now become, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I keep on saying that each show. What's what I'm looking for? Uh, I, I'm starting to just think to myself, eh, with Pepe, whether they sell him or not at the end of the season, I don't think I'm going to be fussed anymore. And I really would have been fussed. But I'm just thinking to myself now that I, I don't think we're ever going to see his him fully realise his potential. I, I, I'll be slightly fair to Pepe. Stock has risen in, in recent recent months. I think I was of I was at that point. Uh, you know, when he just wasn't being consistent. There's yeah. there's something there. Yesterday's or oh, sorry, Saturday's game. Yeah, that wasn't a game for him to 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 have an impact. Uh, we were so so off. Uh, I was I could say I'm disappointed, but I wasn't really expecting. As soon as you know that the game started and and against the 2030 minutes, we survived the half. But isn't that a problem, uh, Kibbs? The yeah, that, yeah, for the price. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Our 72 yeah. it's like, you know, to yeah. be fair, this, um, would be, this would be the same thing that I would be throwing at Ozil, that yeah. he's got the biggest contract and we can't, yeah. we can't expect anything of him in this kind of big game. So, so with Pepe, yeah. yeah. I'm not looking at him like that. That's, that's, I think, yeah, that's, if, if that's the point you're making. I'm no longer looking at Pepe like that. I think he's unrealised talent. He hasn't got to that point yet, so I think we still need to give him a bit more time. But it's 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 it's, it's the other the 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 other uh, winger. <laughs> we'll come to him. In a, we'll come to him. In a moment. Let uh, Amari Amari on uh, on Pepe really. Like like I said, um, I, I you know I hope following on from Kibbs, I hope to see more from him. But I'm just becoming more and more flat with Pepe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we're all struggling with marrying up the price tag and what we see because, like, at the end of the day, as much as it's not his fault what we paid for him, it's just shows what a ridiculous decision it was to pay that much money for him. And, and you can't quite, I don't think any of us, any Arsenal fan can quite understand how that happened if he's not like a 72 million pound player. So I feel like we're always going to be trying to trying to think of him like that. But yeah, like Kip said, there's been absolutely zero evidence that he's worthy of the title of the fourth most expensive player in Premier League football. In the history of Premier League football. No way. No way. That, that, that's a bit <laughs> sick. That's a bit sick. Yeah, that makes me, when you say it like that as well, I can't no believe No way. What are we doing? I mean... Like, I, I'm so just people, he's he's in there with Pogba, Van Dijk, and Maguire. Like Maguire, bit nuts. But Pogba, at least you understand what happened there. And Van Dijk, serious return on investment. Yeah. What were we uh, thinking? For for uh, anyway. for the record, for the record, that's another person who, uh, going back to the last part about Wenger on trial, right? That's another person who I didn't point out that Wenger had the opportunity oh, to Van buy Dijk. at Celtic. And he just thought, nah, just like Vincent Company. But anyway, I've moved over from that, kind of. Um, I think he Pepe... thought he could get him from Southampton, to be honest. But anyway, I, I, I just want to say yeah. one more thing about Pepe is that yeah. he was getting the ball, you know, 30 yards inside our own half, trying to carry it past three guys. It, it, he's not that guy. He's not that guy. Likes space. Um, very effective when we're close to the opponent's box. We were nowhere near the opponent's box. Not the game for him, but I don't. I, we didn't have any other 
We didn't have any other. He was yeah. the best option for that part of the pitch. And like, facts. And to be fair to him, he, he does his defensive. When yeah. he's required to do a, a defensive job, he usually is quite, I would say, quite disciplined. I wouldn't expect him to be, but he does provide support to the fullback. And he's always our most dangerous player. <laughs> he's still the only person that managed to get up there in that first half and get a shot on goal. Header. Nice little <laughs> header into Allison for catching practice. But genuinely, seriously, on a serious note, when he plays, he, there's always something that he does. So I suppose yeah. then we're, we're hoping for him to, and, and to the listeners, this is a very big if that I'm about to say, but um, Drogba, when he first came to the Premiership, I don't think Drogba actually got good until his third season. His first season was pretty much average. His second season was, and then from that third season, I think is when he really started becoming who he was or whatever so essentially we're just hoping that Pepe is going to find his feet last season was a bit you know turmoil Emery Covid etc new manager yeah. this season it's been a bit up and down maybe or, he will just finally get confident or, um, or, yeah next season, if or, he's or, not sold or, yeah if he's not all I'll say is for you know as we see in the football he's some of these young players come through things happen quickly I'll yeah. say next season is a lot he's probably his last chance to shine because Definitely. Fast moving, uh, Definitely. yeah, fast moving sport. Definitely. Um, all right, should we, uh, let's, should we dedicate, talk about the two uh, strikers together, Aubameyang and Lacazette, or should we take, you know, one by one? Uh, I think we can deal with them together because I think the point is that it's one or the other when we're playing 4 2 3 1. Yeah. It? It's one or the other. Yeah. And it, 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 nothing about what we tried to do on Saturday worked. And it didn't work. Like, Lacazette worked against West Ham, but, like, Aubameyang, non-existent. And I can't remember the last time he played well from the left-hand side. And he definitely hasn't done it when we were playing 4-2-3-1, that's for sure. It's been, it's been such a while for us to, you know, this is our marquee player now. And... Before I get into it, I need to say, right, one thing that's really pissing me off, right, is these uh, these Arsenal uh, videos during the week that you see on YouTube. I try not to watch them because I think to myself, it's only going to end up like uh, disappointment anyway on the weekend where you see them like they're, they're shooting drills and Aubameyang smiling, scoring some amazing goal in training or whatnot, whatnot. So, yeah, can you stop doing that, Arsenal? I know it's your marketing <laughs> drive or whatever, but it's pissing us off. Really, um, Kibbs, Ob- uh, Aubameyang on the left wing, Lacazette, um, uh, you, you with um, Amari, it's one or the other. There's no point in playing them together. Yeah, I feel I've been saying that for a while. That um, formation. Yeah, I've been saying it for a while. If, if I see Lacazette um, playing as like our main attacking forward, then I, I, don't, I think you have to be brave. And, and 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 maybe do the right thing and, and play someone else. There was Emma Smith Rowe or Martinelli. You have to do that. You just have to make that choice. I I, I can understand him playing Orba, even play Orba if not, and then Laka. You know, Laka seems to respond well coming, coming off the off bench the or, or 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 playing the following game. Um, he he, he probably responds a lot better. Being on the bench mm. rather than Orba, so just play Orba up top and, and free a bit of space for 
one of the youngsters to bring a bit of energy. Um, if if you're relying on Orba to have defensive responsibility for four ninety minutes against Liverpool and 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 stop Trent, um, and as I was saying, act like an auxiliary left back, um, then okay, fair enough. But then what what what's the point of having him if you can't do anything going going forward? You don't have the legs to take us forward. You don't have the legs to do both. I just don't get it. And then when said and then when um, Tierney came off, then I, I thought you, you really should. Just, our test that is really should just reconsider things quickly. I mean, it, it's not only the fact that Ober's in bad form, it's the fact that the, the position that he played in and how far he was pushed back, he, he definitely can't do anything. Number one, he's in bad form, he's on the wing, you, you're expecting him to do a bit of a defensive job, and uh, well, well, you, you, yeah, because of the position you played him, he's being forced so back that he can't even get up the field to to link up with anyone from Mario. So it's a bit, we, we've mentioned the name, or Kibbs has mentioned the name, why not Martinelli in that position? And then, you know, take bite the bullet whether Aubameyang or Lacazette is the, is the main striker. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that gets me about Aubameyang is that he's not, he's not great in possession either. So, like, when we managed to actually get the ball off Liverpool, the odd chance that we managed to get the ball off them, like, we, he was no help in trying to keep it. He's very much effective, you know, between the between the goalposts, in front of the goal. That's his game. Um, yeah, playing at centre forward, let him give those centre backs something to think about because he'll be going different runs in behind each side of them, never giving them a break. And then let Martinelli, you know, give Trent something to worry about rather than, you know, Lacazette dropping into the crowded space of the midfield, not being able to keep the ball and letting centre-backs just sweep up every bit of, you know, every time the ball broke down, it just went to a Liverpool player. It's like they were playing with 15 men. I've never seen that, that given, given, sorry, Kibbs, it's coming to you, given how much under pressure Liverpool's defensive defence has been under this season and how criticised they've been, I've never seen... Of all the games they played recently, this was their most comfortable, especially that young centre-back, the, the, the Turkish under-21 player, and uh, Ryan Phillips. Nothing to do all game. Nothing to do all game. Yeah, I was just going to touch on that, as you said. So, Kabak and, and Matt Phillips. That's his name, Kabak. He played to his strengths, really, with Lacazette like trying to ping it long. Like, Matt Phillips is eating, eating you up all day, every day, right? We're just playing to their strengths. Um... We couldn't even get him behind. I think that one opportunity we did have when we kind of, the Pepe chance, when we managed mm. to, apart, apart from that, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that Liverpool team, I'm looking at that midfield, the Fabinho, James Milner and Thiago. It's a good, these are good players on paper, right? But you could just do more. I just, I'm just in shock of, of how uncompetitive we were. Um, that's, that, that's like a yeah. not one player in our lineup thought we can beat them here today. I don't know whether it's because of the setup, because of the players on the pitch, like whether they were looking around at each other thinking our best players aren't here. Because as much as Abamyang is our highest paid player, he has not had the impact this season that Saka, Smith Rowe have had. And quite clearly, and when they're not about. Enough. 
and TNE as well going off. But quite clearly, when they're not about, uh, we just went back to the team that was existed when, you know, Smithrow wasn't in the team, and you know, we didn't, we hadn't reverted to four two three one. We just went straight back to that team of November time. I think I think the thing is right. Look, um, you know, watching the game unfold uh, and you know going from like the fifteenth minute onwards, we knew that we were struggling, and Liverpool deserved to be in front in the first half, and they deserved to win the match. Ultimately, with uh, Jota coming off the pitch, coming onto the pitch, and as soon as he came on, it's just like, okay, well, it's inevitable he's going to score, and he did with pretty much his first touch. Rob Holding looking very, very shocking. Uh, for that one. Then there's a breakdown. Gabriel has, makes a mistake. Uh, he doesn't clear the ball. Like That's a tackle that he has to make. And he, he got enough of a foot on it and he just didn't clear it. And then Salah putting it through Leno's legs. And then, and then, the, third goal. Well. And then the third goal with Jota just looking so hungry to smash that in. I mean, I've gone through the goals very quickly, but yeah, just yeah, we we need to dissect. Yeah, we need but, to dissect. Can I give you? Can I? Can I yeah, start yeah. with giving you the question? Because I think you've highlighted Gabriel, and I think all the goals kind of stemmed from uh, our, our left hand side, right? Everything was happening on that side for the most part. I know um, Jota was kind of Jota, and, and then maybe the header, and then and then the second, you know, it was on the side holding chain, but everything started off from there. So I understand that Tierney, he was doing a very like proficient, effective job in his positioning. I'm kind of stopping the threat. And then when Cedric came on, there was just gaps, massive gaps and Gabriel slightly isolated. But my friend kind of asked me when, you know what we spoke, you just said about Partey and uh, uh, maybe I'm still searching for that defensive midfielder are we grouping Gabriel as the bad bunch or is there someone who we, is, I, I, is he someone we would sign say next season I, if, I if think, we don't already have him and saying like yeah this someone's going to be I, I think I think I think Gabriel it's his first season in the Premier League it, it's it's sometimes for a central defender you're going to have that spell he, he was very impressive when he first came in he went out He's struggled since he's coming back. He's had some good performances in and out, but nothing consistent. There's a player there. We know there's a player there. He just needs to be more forthright because that tackle he should have made. He should have made his own. Um, there was no reason why he couldn't have cleared that ball for Salah. Um, it's Rob Holding that I'm a bit fearful of because he's just got his contract. He's fought, He's of all the seasons in the in of all the players rather in the, in the first half of the season when it was going very badly, he was probably the one that was doing just about well, uh, and we were all you know I think all of us are maybe supportive of him getting that contract, given that he was on the verge of being sold at the beginning of the season. So it was a good comeback from him. But it's since the Man City game, or not since that Man City game again highlighted his deficiencies, and again we just saw how. He's not on his toes. Let's not talk about the Aston Villa game. And there was another game which Rob Holding has cost us with his defensive, uh, uh, you know, sort of like not be, being caught on his toes. So, I mean, Gabriel, there's a player there. Um, I don't want to go on too much of a rant. Uh, there's, there's a player there. But all in all, 
we just look so shaky. Um, and, and it's just so annoying that when it comes to these big games, there's no one to motivate and inspire. So, I mean, look, I was saying to Kibbs on the Saturday, give David Luiz a five-year contract based on the defensive performance. Terrible. And Amari, um, and can I just ask you off, off the back of that, uh, we get Saliba back next season, right? Is there room for us to sign another centre-back? We got a starting centre-back. Let's not There's forget And Mavropanos. And Mavropanos, yeah. but do you yeah. feel... Listen, we have so many centre-backs. Yeah. Why do we have so many very average centre-backs? Like... As much as we're saying, you know, Holding did well in that first half of the season, so he deserved that new contract, yeah? Like, did the whole management have amnesia? There's a reason he was on the verge of being sold. Like, there's a reason. Like, he was on the way out. Um, and, you know, we decided to sideline Saliba. Um, you know, Luis is injured. Chambers, obviously, was crocked. Uh, you can't play two left-sided centre-backs, apparently. Um, there's some law against it. And, yeah, so Holding has to play. So he played every week. And we were terrible. <laughs> and so we were like, OK, let's, let's give him a new contract. It's absurd. It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, like, I was happy for him because, you know, he's a, he seems like a nice guy. Well... We're we're making terrible decisions, and I think, yeah, so that, oh. that's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so we've got like six set again. We're in a situation where we have a number of centre backs, and we can't we kind of can't free ourselves to yeah. sort this issue out. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna release Chambers probably. We're gonna lose Chambers, who I think is better than Holding, but purely because of when he was injured and the fact that we've now given Holding this contract. Like Chambers has got to go. I think I think with Rob Holding there might be a bit of a like securing a, a, a bit of a premium on him. He's an he's he's English, you know. He's going to go for a bit more money uh, as you know in the transfer market or whatnot. So yeah, yeah, I'm. I hear that. I do hear that. I do get it. I'm being a bit maybe, facetious, maybe, but like no, at the same time, like maybe that. No, maybe no. It's it's all it's ju it's justified in a way because you know he's 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 had very a lot of dodgy games. We we all remember that Aston Villa game and the Man City game, and now the now this game he's been very caught on his heels. Um, guys, we we probably should wrap up um, part one. Um, let's just. Uh, I just want to Closing talk about thoughts. a couple of the goals yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, obviously, Holding's mistake there. And you could see the play develop. You know Trent's going to swing the ball in. He can see, you know, he knows where Jota is. He knows the cross is coming in. I'm more concerned about the fact that he didn't deal with the cross as opposed to, like, him getting beaten by Jota, like everyone was saying. Like, he, got he didn't get beaten by Jota. He just didn't know where the ball was going. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, as you said, Gabriel, like, clean... Bow. Like, I don't understand how he could get there and then let Salah, you know, kind of emerge with the ball. And what even happened for the third goal? I can't, I can't even remember. Oh, yeah, Fabinho, was that when Fabinho played that ball through to no. Salah? To toes, I think this is you. Is it, was, it was it Gabriel? Yeah, oh, yeah, Gabriel clipped yeah. it out to Trent. That yeah, really that's it. He clipped it, yeah, he clipped it out and it got... It got it came back into us very quickly. Yeah. When Gabriel, um, I suppose Gabriel's young, right? He's, he's that was 22, terrible. 23. That was terrible. When he, when he loses his 
like composure it it goes completely like, there's no like, i think and that's that's i suppose understandable with a young man playing playing the game but yeah boy but it's yeah, scary uh, now because if we lose david louise and his experience right the only other experienced center back at the club will be what pablo mari in terms of age or whatnot. Yeah. So this is what's yeah. scary about Louise's position now, because obviously we don't want him to be, we would like him to go, but it's seemingly the case that he is crucial because of his experience, the experience he brings. So, same, same as Xhaka, Xhaka though, right? So we clearly crumble without Xhaka in the number six, but we can clearly do better than Xhaka. So I don't know. We, it's about being brave, right? Do we trust Arsenal to make the correct signings if we do, if we're able to get sell these players? Are we then bringing in players of the standard which will push the club forward? It almost feels like we need to like swat our academy and make sure these youth players coming in are to a high level where we can slot them in as, as we've done with Saka and, and Emil Smith-Rowe and then, yeah, and then build, have some players with experience around them. But, I just don't know if we if we're going to sign the, or even if we have the chance to sign the correct profile player. That's what the, I'm worried about. The problems are so like pervasive through the team and the squad that like there's no way that any of it can be kind of resolved. I mean, I'll be surprised if any of it's properly resolved in the summer because you know none of us love having Xhaka, but he's just not the issue. Like he's going to have to be. You know, our main one of our main centre midfielders because we can't sort that out and deal with the fact that we've got sixteen centre halves that are of the same standard and one left back and you know three right backs that we don't like. We don't love. Um, Arteta doesn't seem to like any of them either, in particular. Uh, you know, centre forwards that need to get that situation needs to get resolved, and we still only have one number ten when Erdegaard goes back to Real Madrid because he's like, I'm not going back there again because this is dead. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So uh, that's a lot of work for any club to do. And for Arsenal, it's like 10 times harder because we, we just don't make the right decisions. You're always going to delay, delay a lot of stuff as well, make things a bit more difficult. Oh, do you know what? This is for enough, I guess that's for another pod. We can, uh, we can think <laughs> about it then, but... Yeah. Uh, boys, let's go to a break. Uh, I will catch. Uh, let's go to a break, and we'll be back right after this. Thank you for listening to the Temperamental Gooners podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Temperamental Gooners and on Twitter at TP Gooner. You can also contact us via the email address tpguna at yahoo.com All right, and we're back for part two of the Temperamental Gunas podcast. Uh, a bit of a, shall we say, abrupt ending to part one. Uh, apologies. Some technical issues uh, on the side of toes here. So, Kibbs and Omari, my apologies to you guys keeping you waiting for so long but i'm back i'm back and the big question is boys will arsenal be back this thursday in the quarterfinal of the europa league our competition my favorite competition where arsenal look like kings 
We look imperious when we step onto that pitch and we dust teams like Dundalk, like Austria-Vienna. This is our competition. Are we going to make it our competition this Thursday for Slavia Prague, who we've got a vested interest, or I've got a vested interest in us beating, given the range of it's... Uh, all three, all three of us, do you? I mean, <laughs> all, all three of us have, right? All three of us have, right? Fair enough. All three of us have. But anyway, Ex-Arsenal player as well. Ex-Arsenal yeah. academy player. So, are we boys? Where where we where we looking? This this game is enormous now in our season. Uh, we we pretty much forgone forgone the league. All of our eggs are in this basket. Can we trust the team at home to produce? Uh, Kibbs, you first. Yeah, you, you know you listed off those teams. I think rightly as you, you said previously, Slavia Prague are not in in that bracket. They are. <laughs> I deliberately didn't say them. <laughs> they're not. They're 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 tough opposition, and seeing what they've done to Rangers and Leicester, uh, yeah, you've got to be slightly worried that they they have the ability to dig out a result. Um, so I worry if we, I worry about the injuries. I'm yet to hear about Tiani, but I think it really rides upon that, um, and those three other players coming back. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Arsenal is going to turn up. I'm really not sure. Uh, because it can't be a nil-nil into half-time. And you know that kind of like lackluster. I, I can't imagine us Arsenal getting 1-0. If it's that sort of game, based on, you know, Slavia Prague's last two kind of like, like draws against Rangers and Leicester, it seems like they can, they can nick a goal and maybe another. So... It, as always, in the latter rounds of competitions like this, you've just got to be better. And I'm just not sure, given what's happened and, and given the, these unlucky injuries uh, in our in our most important game games of the season, I'm not sure whether we'll get over the line. I was convinced when. You first heard about the draw that we would, but again with Arsenal, when there's a bad result, and when you and when you see like like a lack of lack of will um, from your your like more important players, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether we'll get this over the line or not. Uh, Amari, the, the, you know, Kibbs is fearing about whether we get this over the line or. The players have to realise that you know there's nothing else to play for this season. Um, so surely they're going to be motivated for this. Um, surely the skipper is going to want to try and put things right, uh, seemingly when they haven't been for him in the last couple of games. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think we're going to see a reaction because it's not possible for them to be worse than they were on, on Saturday night. I think in that respect, it might be in some kind of perverted way positive that that happened on Saturday um, because there's no way we're taking this game lightly. But I don't know how well we deal under pressure as well. Um, look, Slavia Prague, talking about 38 games without losing at home, uh, in, their, in their league, sorry, 38 games. Um, and I don't care what standard of players you have. When you win as a team that much and when you are not used to losing, 
there's a certain way of playing that means that it doesn't matter who you're up against, you believe you, you're going to get a result. So they're going to be coming to us full of confidence. Um, it's going to be a really, really tough game. I think the problem we have is we can't trust whatever Arsenal's going to turn up, but also we have no clue what Arteta's going to do with the lineup. And, you know, he gets it wrong as much as he gets it right. This 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 game in just the context of the season, um, will do you think he's going to go with uh, Oba up front or Lacazette up front? Who would you guys be thinking he should be going for up top? He's got to go with Oba, as he said. If there's going to be a game where there's going to be a reaction from him, um, and and if he's like our highest paid players, our captain, you you have to play him in this game because if not, then there's questions again. How can you not play Oba in a game like this? Not just play him, you have to play him in his in his position. You have to. Because if anything, like Gary Neville was saying on Saturday during the commentary, he was just saying that everything that about this performance just confirms what we all kind of knew about the team. Abamian on the left doesn't work. You know, you can't rely on Sabayosh, you can't rely on our d- defenders. Um so I think Arteta kind of needs to react to that, play Aubameyang through the middle and try and get as much of what is our strengths into the team. And that is those guys that turned it around for him in December against Chelsea. He's got to play, he's got to play Martinelli, I think. If Smith Rowe is not fit, he's got to play Martinelli on the left-hand side. And, he, and pray that Saka is fit because... We just never know what we're going to get from Pepe, um, but I just, I just really don't know what he's going to do. Really don't know what he's going to do. If uh, okay, so uh, Aubameyang up front, we're hoping that we, you know, the, the talk before the Liverpool game was uh, obviously that Saka was out, and they think that he's going to be okay for this game. Smith Rowe, that might be a bit more touch and go in the sense that. Um, you know, the, his injury might be a bit more serious than um, than Saka's was. Um, Granite Xhaka, I can't believe that we're obviously egging for Granite Xhaka or I'm egging for Granite Xhaka to come back into the team. Um, Willian, Willian, does his experience play into that? Omari was looking down and then all of a sudden his eyes are shut up as to say no, no, no. Not even to say no. I kind of forgot about Willian. I, I, I think... There might have even been a role for him on on Saturday to be honest. To just I mentioned it at one time to Kibbs and one of the one of the other group chats, just in terms of someone else to to keep the ball because we just couldn't keep the ball. And I think him on one of the wings kind of mimics what Smith Rowe is meant to what what Smith Rowe gives to us anyway. So I mean I don't know Arteta likes him or used to anyway. He's been nowhere near the team for the, a little while now. Um, but I can't imagine that he comes in now. I can't imagine that he comes in now because we need the result. I, yeah, I, th- I think it's an easy... So, you know, like with Emre, when things are just so obvious, it, it immediately it just passes the eye test what should be done. Martinelli came on against Liverpool. He, he, he was lively. Lively. 
that's a game where we're going to need energy from from the get go. You have, I think, you have to play him. You have to play him. He like, has what, to be given the chance. Yeah, whatever the issue is, like whatever Arteta's decided he doesn't love about him, I think just in terms of that intensity, that letting the team know that you know we can't just kind of show up and pass the ball around a little bit and hope that something comes off. Like he he does everything with a hundred percent, and that's infectious. Yeah, S- especially if Tierney's not back. Uh, I, I, I really do worry about Cedric at left back, and that's the that's that's the that's the problem now. We, you know, Cedric has potentially got to come into left back. Is there not a question of playing Hector Bellerin, who I'm sure in Wenger's time Wenger put him at left back? Is there not a question of putting him at left back because Hector seems a bit more versatile in that sort of area? It's a question that we haven't sort of like posed when we've been struggling with with left backs at all, but. Is there a question to put Hector on that left side and maybe Cedric on the right side? Do, do you know what? I, I, right I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but depending on how we're viewing this game yeah, and how serious it is, do you think there's a chance that he could play Saka at, le- at left back? Yeah. Yeah. This is a serious game. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think he would do. I think he would do, to be honest. Because I don't think anything else makes sense. Like, Not that anything else makes sense, but Cedric... Has done okay there. I'm not sure how much he offers going forward, and it just doesn't feel natural. I think the reason why Hector never has a shot of playing at left back is because he can't even cross the ball with his right foot, let alone his left. Like, <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even want to see that. I don't want to see it. Like, no. Yeah, me uh, oh, me oh. uh, all right, let's let us let us let's score this up, boys. Uh, Slavia Prague, they're a dangerous team, uh, like Kibbs has said quite a few times in terms of what they've done uh, to the British sides and what they did early in the competition. Uh, what are we thinking, boys? Uh, Slavia Prague versus uh, Arsenal uh, this coming Thursday in terms of predictions. Oh, none of us got points in terms of the predictions uh, this week, obviously, uh, listeners, so... Um, we're just gonna we'll just skip over that, but uh, moving on to the Slavia Prague game. What are we what are we saying here? Either we're gonna smash them, or it's looking like a one nil. Oh, I don't even want to say lost, but okay. We're gonna have to go for that win. Three one Arsenal win. Three. All right. <laughs> All right, Kibs. Three one. Three one. Amari. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to concede. We're definitely going to concede. So, something won. I think we'll win. Because if we don't win this game, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to say 2-1 because I think they all know that that's their arse, man. They if, need to win this game. If, if this is an under 2.5 goal situation, then we could be in... Severe danger. Yeah, a bit of trouble, I think. Personally. Uh I'm going to I, I think we, we simply just have to win it and I think the boys will they know that they have to win it. Um but like like Amari said, we're not confident in the keeping clean sheets at this moment in time. So I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with a two win, two one win as well to Arsenal. Um whilst we're here, let's quickly look to the Sunday's Sheffield United game. We're playing them away from home, seven PM kickoff. 
Um, Sheffield United, obviously, they are pretty much relegated. Um, in yesteryear, you would you would you would be confident that Arsenal can go to a relegation confident uh, relegation candidate team and pretty much, for the most part, you know, smash them up. But I don't even think they can do this with Sheffield United because they've got they'll be playing with a lot of pride. Although Sheffield United, they're not they've changed managers, so maybe that's different. But what are your thoughts and predictions here, boys? Quickly before we we end this. Uh, yeah, I think we rotate the team quite a bit for that game. Uh, I think we I think we win purely because of the fact that they've um, because of that that managerial change seems to suck the life out of them. Um, yeah, I'll go for uh, a three-one victory. Can can I can I just ask quickly? So Liverpool, who did we play before Liverpool? West Ham. Uh, West Ham. And that was a three. Okay, so draw. Three, three. Yeah. So draw, loss. So we 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 never win three games anywhere in the Premier League, right? So, yeah, yeah. Okay, just looking at that in it being the third game, then yeah, I think I think we'll win this. I'm not sure. <laughs> but what? Well, um, I... Yeah. Let's go for two now. See if we keep clean sheet. Two nil. Okay. Um. Yeah, the thing is, we, you know, it would of all the teams where we could possibly get a clean sheet, Sheffield United would be it because they struggle so much in front of goal. But I think it was against us at home that Sheffield United had not scored the whole season, or something silly like that. Yet, or one of their strikers, or they hadn't had one of their strikers score the whole season. Yet it was against us when uh, they got that goal. So. Arsenal continuing that trend of being everyone's uh, team that they, they want to play and they'll get something off. I'm going to say it's going to be 2-1. We will win. I think we'll win. It'll be 2-1. Um, and yeah, that's all. That's that's pretty much what I, I feel on that. I just hope that we can... We haven't got any more big teams to play, I don't think, to the end of the season. Mm, so, Chelsea away. Uh, Chelsea away, okay. So apart from that, I th- hopefully we can get some sort of momentum and muster up a bit of uh, confidence to take us through to the end of the season and us just finish uh, can I ask, can I ask yeah. one quick question um, Thursday night centre-backs can, I was can we play that as well. can we play Mari and Gabriel together do you reckon when holding in Louise play at centre-back no one, no one bats an eyelid but uh, you can't play just the idea of playing two left foot and a half seems strange even to me I've never seen it before but I'm just wondering whether that might need to be what's done because Mari at least commands the back line a bit I feel yeah. um, I hear that I think Gabriel's got to be starting even despite that yeah, performance yeah. yeah I do I do agree I do agree uh, tough one isn't it really tough one uh, why is it tough I don't know why he's like etched in my brain that it should it's, be it's, a tough. It's just it's just weird that we don't see two uh, left-footed centre backs playing at the same time. But I suppose it's because have... um, they will always play on the left-hand side, whereas yeah. in most teams you'll have to have a right footer on the left-hand side, so someone gets used to that that side of the pitch at least. And, and I suppose. And I suppose left-footed players are always are completely so left-footed, right? It just don't you just feel that when you have a right-footed player, they use their left foot a bit more. It's not just simply for standing. I always get the impression that when you get a left-footed player, 
they literally just use their right foot for standing and nothing else. So do, do, that's yeah, that, that's what I feel. Do, do you know what? I'll um, I'll sacrifice some of that uh, build up from the back where the two centre backs split. If we can just defend solidly for ninety <laughs> minutes and maybe give like a party the ball or Shaq of the ball, or, you, you know, or, or give it to our full backs rather than it going to the centre backs. Um, if if that means we can go through the game and, and defend well, he's never going to do it. I don't think. Well, he he, need, he needs to. I don't think it's time to like care about people's feelings. Like, if you yeah. don't trust holding, just like get him out of the team. Like we we need to win. You could be right about Chambers. It could be his chance. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right centre back. No. Well, boys, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna play top five because um, it's been so. Yeah, it's been so meh. But let's just uh, let's just high five and throw a pie, and then and then and then we will call this pod to an end. So uh, uh, let's start with you, Amari. Who are you gonna high five uh, and throw a pie at? Me. I'll I'll high five. Because I hope that he's fit. That's Sorry, say again. Say again. Oh, high five Kieran Tierney because you know he wasn't awful. He didn't have the chance to be awful, and you know hopefully he'll be fit sometime soon. Uh, there's so many candidates to get a pie, but Bamiang's lid is so terrible. It's got to be him. Bamiang, <laughs> 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 right, so, okay, Gibbs. Uh, uh yeah, Tierney. You can only beat him. He was okay, you know. Went into half time, no mil. Um, I'm throwing a pie. It probably doesn't make sense, but uh, it's personal to uh, Leno. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Have you Len- cottoned on to my big vendetta? I just saw that video when he was talking about being assured of his. I saw it again with him being assured of his position. Um, remember, he was talking about yeah, Martinez, yeah. and he was so self-assured, confident. Um, you do like seeing a goalkeeper, but that is not. Uh, we're not seeing that on the pitch, um, and I've really, I know he, he doesn't give a damn, but I've really defended him, um, and he's just been awful this last month, March anyway. He's been absolutely awful, awful. Gets to me how bad he's been. Yeah, I have. I can't remember the last time I was like, "Oh, like he's had a good game." Since that sent Brighton, even go back to that Brighton when he got was it Brighton game he got sent off? No, Wolves. Wolves, Wolves. and he got sent. Wolves, sorry, yeah. Wolves, and he got sent yeah. off. So yeah, back. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a tough one to to high five someone at all. Um, I don't want to go with Kieran Tierney because you guys have both gone with him. But it's a real struggle to think of anyone else, to be honest. I suppose if I really have to, I might go with Callum Chambers just because, you know, he's yeah. he's, he's seemingly trying to do his best and he gives his, he's giving his all. Um, it wasn't a great performance compared to the West Ham game, but it's going to be difficult playing against Liverpool. Um, Pi. Yeah, quite a few candidates. 
Um, but I'm going to go for Danny Ceballos because I just his his ball retention and just how he generally has been has been really really terrible. So uh, I'm going to go with Danny Ceballos as who I'm throwing a pie at. Yeah, he was properly awful on Saturday. Like it's 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 it was <laughs> it was it was yeah. You, you wow. know we honourable mention to Arteta because really he should be in consideration if it's <laughs> team selection. He got it wrong. Or tactics, he got it wrong. Big time. Yeah, he's in severe danger, man. He he's is. in well, severe well, danger. I, I, this, time next, uh, this time next time that we record, uh, so either Sunday or Monday, most realistically, we could be really talking about you know Arteta's progression. I mean, everyone's seen that stat. Funny enough, we haven't managed to talk about it today, about uh, his 50 games in comparison to... Fengers and Emery's, uh, well, Fengers last 50, Emery's 50 uh, games for Arsenal. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a topic on the horizon. But let's, let's give Arteta, let's see if he can pull it around for this Thursday. And let's see where Arsenal end up. Gentlemen, uh, hope you all had a good Easter and enjoy the rest of your bank holiday Monday. Uh, fingers crossed for this Thursday. Fingers crossed, praying to your gods. Everyone, please. <laughs> yeah, catch you boys, catch you boys soon. All right, peace. Nice one.